Derman, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. It's absolutely brilliant to have you here, man. My pleasure, mate. Nice to be on. I'm looking forward to it. Nah, it's sick. Obviously, one of the the greatest under ninety kilo strongmen, uh, like just just to grace the planet, man. It's 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 an absolute honor to to speak to you. Like when I look at just the raw, the raw numbers that you put up as your human being, like I and I always do this whenever I get someone on the show that there is a substantial height difference. Me sit, sitting at six foot eight being sat naturally around about 130 kilos and yourself what where you sat five six five six five seven six five Five, six six. it absolutely blows my fucking brain to pieces to see you do the kind of shit that you do man because it is just absolutely phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal it's a lot of mental warfare over a few years it takes a little bit of while for you to believe that you can do something so like i think a lot of people can um limit their own sort of progress and limit their own kind of like ability by telling themselves they can't do something or they're too small to do something and I'm a big believer in strong is strong as well you know so I'm a massive believer in that so I always think like if someone else can do something why can't I do it you know it doesn't really bother me you know like I think if you go underneath a bar or you try to do something you automatically got something in your head thinking oh I could hurt myself here you're fucked already you know what I'm saying you've just got to go in balls deep basically yeah yeah, yeah. If he it's, dies, it's he dies. Like, yeah you, you can't have any fear can you there can't be any doubt no. you can't have that moment yeah. of unracking and going oh and you're like okay right now i'm out of position now i'm shit myself now this doesn't feel good now it's like oh it just becomes it's like yeah. a, a chain of events that just spirals downwards and then you're like okay yeah there's no way i was ever gonna one of my um one of my pals and one of the lads who i trained i've trained for years and one of my best mates ben williams he's got like a 200 kilo log like a 190 axle and things like that and i was doing like the first time i've done like a 180 log and stuff like he was like fucking hell he says you, you need to catch up to me he's like it must feel heavy though mustn't it and i mean oh yeah i'm telling you it does feel heavy you know what i mean like going from there to there it's sort of like when you get it there you go fucking hell i've got to get this above my head right okay let's just give it a bosh and then it just sort of like goes there and you go yeah, after about five minutes you sit here and you go, oh, God, that could have went really bad. <laughs> right, but that's Good the enough. thing that, that, that absolutely fascinates me about you. Absolutely fascinates me is that a lot along the way, you've had so many of these, like, like for, for, for like normal people, they would be like horrific life-altering injuries. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. you, that, that, that you have just kind of just got on with you've come back and you've absolutely smashed it for so many people i know like i know myself i've done a lot of damage to my body through years of playing rugby and and, and, and training in the gym like just what one of those injuries can do to you mentally and the doubt it can kind of the seed it can plant in the back of your mind when you then do start to get under big weights especially if it's like an event or a lift that you did the original injury on yeah, it's, it's, it can sometimes really fuck with you. So how did you get over that? Because I mean, some some of the stuff and the stories that I hear about about like you crushing yourself with like stones, like trying to chuck 120 kilo stones over seven foot, and just like just ridiculous, like mind I'll be honest, shit. <laughs> the worst, the the worst one I've come back from. I've I've actually I've uh, I've done my SI joint. That was a naughty one. But I'll be honest with you, the worst one was my ACL when I was um, 17. I've, I've obviously grown up in England and that a lot of it's like when you're at school, you play football and stuff because that's just what everyone else does. But I was shit. I never enjoyed it at all. So like I'd either get played right back or but before the goals got really big, it'd get put in goal and then they got big, I was fucked everywhere. So I also spent like 
it's just be like sweeper keeper. So I'd be like, um, I'd be like the monk, where I'd get the ball and everyone be like, pass the ball. I'd go, nah, fuck this. I don't care. I'm just gonna go for a run. And then I remember I was just playing down the park with a few mates, and there was this uh, kid called Phil. He's about two years younger than me. But when we were in school, he was about seventeen stone. And for some reason, he he fell on his ass and two foot slide tackled my knee, and it actually actually popped my ACL. Right, it was absolute agony, and like I can't the, the pain of it was excruciating. So I went to the hospital and all that sort of thing. Luckily, it hadn't completely snapped off; it had just completely, pretty much near torn, so it was hanging back on. So what the base said is, we have to keep your leg in a certain position, and they fucking like casted it all and whatever they all do with it, and. The day after that happened, I got straight in the day and I got seen to. I was remember I was down the gym the next day, basically. Sat was doing some shrugs, doing some shoulder presses, and then literally two months later, I was back on the leg press, I was back on partial squats, back on hamstring curls, squat extensions, really slow, really like from a young age, I've always had a good knowledge of um not forcing injuries, but you have to get blood into areas to make it better. So I've always been lucky that I've always trained with a guy called Dan Patterson, who is um, he's my best friend. And he's like a strong power building kind of bodybuilder guy. You see him in a lot of my videos. He's an absolute tank. So he always kept me right because he had a lot of knowledge from a young age. So it's always been installed in me. Even if you get hurt, you get back up and you do what you can. So if you haven't got one leg, you've got another leg and you've also got a pair of shoulders, you can lie down on a bench press. There's nothing, nothing too bad. There's people in this world who who are born with disabilities, people who are born without limbs, and you don't hear them people complaining the crack on with the life. There's um, there's a lot of lot of inspiring stories. Um, and there was a documentary made um a year or two ago, it was about the um, the guy who went to the Arnold and done the disability um, di- the disability um, show, and he he had he had no legs and things like that. And there's a video of him doing a fucking York with Luke Stoltman on his like on his stumps and that. And you're like, what excuse have I got for having a bad back when there's guys out there who's got fingers blown off doing arm over arms, and you think yeah. they are they are heroes. And you don't see them complaining. So who am I to complain because I've hurt my rotator cuff? I'm yeah, no we've, one, we've had Martin you know? tie on. And so I always, I always put myself in a position. Incredible. They're incredible. You I know, just, yeah. um, and then, yeah, there's some amazing guys out there. I spoke to like um, Gary Clark and guys like this who help with the disabled strongman. And people who are really, you've listened to their stories and you're like, some of these guys are brought born with like motor neuron diseases and things. And you think like, I'm complaining because I've got a short, short shoulder. And this guy's one side of his body can just completely stop working. That's it. It's done. And he's fucked for a few days. And then he gets picked himself back up. And then you see a video of him the next day lifting out the stones. And you're like, I can't say jack shit about anything. So for me, I always think there's people a lot worse off than me. I put myself in this position myself. So suck it up and crack on with it. Don't get me wrong. I have been very stupid in the past where I've rushed back a little bit too fast and pay the consequences for it but at the same time I would never tr- change me maturing as an athlete as a coach because I've made mistakes by myself off my own back and I've learned from them so as I've got older I know what the difference between pain and uh, tendonitis is for example <laughs> I, hate, I hate tendonitis so bad oh, it's absolutely but, savage isn't it it's savage it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so, so interesting you said that so you did your PCL at 17 I did no sorry you did your ACL at 17 didn't you I did my PCL at 16 
playing rugby. So I, I, I think I kind of, I know exactly kind of how, how that feels and kind of going through oh, that and back into it. It's, horrendous. It's, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's one of those things where I think also like up until that, the point that you have that first real injury, you're kind of like, man, like I'm, I'm doing well. Like I can brush off these little things, these little niggles and whatever. And then you have that first big injury and it's kind of like that slap to the face where you're like, wow. Oh, I am actually human. Like, yeah, this shit can yeah. actually happen to me. And then when you do that, you're kind of like, wow. And then you still like, what I really found is that I would then look at everyone else and be like, I want to make sure that, that this doesn't happen to you. So I, I like, look at this, look at this, take this into consideration. Yeah. Take this into consideration. I'm very careful as a coach of people. I'm, I'm sometimes a little bit overcautious. Sometimes I go, are you sure you want to do that? Go, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, it was only three weeks ago you said this happened and I'm just making sure because I always go, right, if you do this, I've told you you're not allowed. It's your responsibility. You take responsibility for your own actions. And if you go, that's fine. I'll go, that's fine. But if you've got any hesitation, you tell me now. It's like I've had guys who, and ladies who are trained where they haven't told me about injuries. And then two or three weeks later, they're like, oh, this has happened because this happened three weeks ago. And I'm like, why didn't you fucking tell me? I've been planning Atlas Stones and heavy 18-inch dentistry, but you've got to fuck back, but you haven't told me. Well, I thought I'd be okay. Oh, congratulations. We've got four months rehab to do now. Cheers. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so funny. Like, that, I, I, I don't even, like, coach a super high level of athlete, but, like, I even had it where clients have come in and I get them to fill out like a park you. They tell me all of the injuries and whatever they have. And then we'll be going through stuff. And they'll be like, like halfway through a session, they'll be like, oh, Matt, like I forgot to mention, uh, I didn't put it down on my form, but I had a like full spinal surgery like four months ago. Brilliant. And, I, and I'm like, are you, what? 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 How, how does that slip through your brain? Like, how do you just forget about that? Like, it's kind of something I really need to know about. And then you just like, as a coach, you're like, okay, let's put whatever the fuck you're doing down and let's go and do something, something else that is actually going to help. There's, there's two things I always focus on, especially with strongman event training. I always um, consider the biceps and the hamstrings. Because for me, and through being in the sport as long as I have, there are always very common injuries. Hamstring tears, hamstring strains, for example. Obviously, you do get back injuries, but mostly it's hamstring or hamstrings. And then also biceps. If anyone ever turns around at me, I'm at the stone and goes, oh, that feels a bit funny. I go, right, you've got to be very careful now because you're one sharp pull away from it coming off. Um, tire flip is the worst event in the world for it. It's notorious. It's a great strongman event to watch, but for injury risk, it's brutal. Snap. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. So they're, they're things we always do a lot of work on. So like you'll get a lot of coaches and things like that who actually don't program a lot of arm work, which I never very, very understand. Because why would you leave any stone unturned? I just never understand it. You don't have to pick 60 kilo dumbbells up and be doing hammer curls with say you're a strongman, but yeah. there's nothing wrong between thrown some bicep working at the end of a session, some fat grip forearm work, some light hamstring work. There's nothing demasculating about two fucking three sets of 25 and a hamstring curl at all. You're going to do yourself no damage at all, but you're going to build up, a, you're going to break down scar tissue, you're going to get plenty of blood into the area, that sort of thing. And people sort of neglect it because they think, ah, I don't need to do accessories. Something I always recommend for everyone is, and I'll bang about it for years, and I still will go on it for years, do your fucking accessories. Yeah. Oh, but they're like fucking knackered. I don't need to do that shit. All that bodybuilder stuff. It's not bodybuilding, you dickhead. It's literally that's your protective layer. 
it's slight hypertrophy work. It's recovery work. It's volume work. It's fucking good for you. Listen to what I'm saying to you. All right, then. I understand. Rear delts, upper back. It's not hard to do. It takes 10 minutes. Just do it. Warm up properly, for fuck's sake. I'm not asking you to do a 400-metre sprint and do a backflip. I'm literally <laughs> asking you to touch your toes a few times and kick your legs in the air and get, get, the, get the heart rate up. It's not difficult, <laughs> is it? Oh, but it's so true. It's so true. It's isn't it? Just like, it's it's, we've all been come lazy of it. Like, you, you'll know from playing rugby, how many of the big lads do you see lurking around in the changing room going, oh, yeah, I've stretched off. Next thing, the calf pops, the hamstring pops. It's amazing, isn't it? The big lads <laughs> don't have to warm up. It's a common thing in rugby. They just pop a fucking calf. Oh, he's off again. There he goes, in a fucking physio room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, that's the thing. It's like, if, if you play it for long enough, it's like you get to, especially at higher levels, you get to train in like an hour before training starts because you know there's going to be a half an hour queue outside the physio room for everyone to get yep. taped up with like physio tape and kinesiology tape or whatever. It's like you've gone through <laughs> like 30 spools of fucking physio tape. Everyone like can't move at any of the joints. We all just <laughs> kind of run around and then just hit each other. And you're like, this is such a barbaric sport. <laughs> Why do we keep coming back? Yeah. Rugby, headbutt, rugby. That's what I like, the mental. Rugby deep. players are mental. Yeah, yeah. And then absolutely. after the game, everyone's got DP on the balls, or sliding around in the changing rooms, everyone's getting pissed on, and it's like nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, so it works, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome to rugby. Very professional. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I, I, think, I think that's really interesting as well. Like... Coming from that, like I went from that into a bit of athletics and then uh, kind of got really got into the gym and then found Strongman. But just the kind of, I don't know, I guess coming into Strongman, I wasn't really quite sure what to expect. But like just the 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 welcomeness that everyone kind of brings. Very is, similar is, to rugby in that way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's You get yourself a good community. Yeah, you get man. the same feeling. It's everyone's incredible. there to support you. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, I mean, well, you can talk about this more than anyone, kind of, especially in the early days when you're surrounded by enthusiastic people, hungry people. Obviously, you've known Donna for God knows oh, how long out. now. She, she was literally the last, the, the last uh, guest we had on the podcast. Like, obviously, I know how incredible she is. And the, I mean, we don't... We'd be here forever if we we're going to talk about every single title and, and award that she's won. Do you know what I mean? But to to, to be yeah. surrounded by people like that that you feed off of, man, how massive was that for you getting into the sport? Well, I was very lucky because I started off, like you said, with Dan. It was yeah. very supportive, and he sort of taught me the ropes and how to lift properly. You know, with basic squat, bench, deadlift, and um, programming. We used to follow a lot of like. HIT training. So we used to go on YouTube and like go, oh, Dorian Yates done that. So we'll do that. Yes. Do you know that things that you do as a kid? So follow some Rory Coleman routines. It's, it's what you do with it. Back then, we didn't really have like Instagram and Facebook. We had a Muscular Development magazine, yeah. different types of magazines. Or you might get like a YouTube video of Matt Felix doing a 200 kilo family walk. <laughs> and then you pick some up with 60 kilo and you go, what the fuck's this guy all about? Nah, I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. So. Went through all that stage, so they learned the basics how to train, and then that was really good. Like I, I was very lucky to be surrounded by a friend who taught me basic training, which I think a lot of people forget to do when they first start training. They try and go straight into the deep end. I want to lift an atlas stone, but your legs are weak, your back's weak, your arms are weak, <laughs> everything's a little bit weak. Your posterior oh, chain's yeah. not strong enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I think before you jump into 
strong man, you need to be quite strong anyways. By strong, I don't mean you have to be delicate than 300 kilos. No, no. I mean, you've got to have general sort of like ways of lifting weights. You've so got to general know and functional. You've got to know to deadlift properly and safely. You've got to know how to squat properly. You've got to know how your body works. You've got to know how to recover properly. Yes. And then when you build up from there and then you start like, I was in like a body bodybuilding gym for quite a while. Yeah. So a lot of people will just completely, this is, this is a prime example of someone who is very inexperienced. I want to max out every single day and I don't give a fuck if I lift it or not. <laughs> you know, that's how a lot of people generally yeah. think when they first yeah. start. We've yeah, all been guilty that. of it. Yeah. I've just done a max deadlift five days ago and I'm going to do it again. Shit, it didn't move, but it doesn't matter because it was heavier. You know? So me looking back, I've probably took off two years of uh, solid gains by just being a dickhead. But that's but I'm happy I've done that because I yeah. learned young. You know? Like, fuck it. It's great. Exactly. You know what I mean? You enjoy it. Um, but a lot of people severely neglect recovery and conditioning. You doing some sprints and some shuttle runs is not going to make you weaker. That is going to make you stronger. You're going to, your heart rate's going to be better. You're going to recover faster. You can recover faster in between events. Your conditioning's better, so you can do more reps and other things. You don't understand how actually opening up your lungs and getting your heart rate up, how much more beneficial that is to your training as a whole. All you've got to do, guys, is if you're worried about it affecting your gains or you're going to lose muscle mass, eat a little bit more scram. Simple yeah. as that. You know, yeah. you know I'm. As, long as, you're, as long as you recover better in between sessions and, you, and you've got a good training plan, I'm not asking people to go and run a marathon. I'm just saying, <laughs> do 15 minutes of high-intensity cardio once or twice a week. Yeah. I'll do some daft things. Stone shoulder, sandbag over shoulder. You know what I mean? Five minutes, AMRAPs. They're brilliant at the end of a session. They burn yes. you out. It's fantastic. And so getting back to that point, I was very lucky because the gym I was training in, there was some, some quite decent powerlifters in there. There was some strong men. And then one day I bumped into a guy called Gary Gardner. Um, Gary Gardner's come like second at UK Strongest Man. He's done like Giants Live tours and all this sort of shit. And that is a six foot seven. He's basically one of them Mountain. people who can have a 200 kilo keg in front of him and he'll just go uh, off. And you're like that, wow, what the fuck are you? So he's seen that I was trying to train for strength, but I was kind of doing it wrong, you know? And like, not in a nasty way, just come on, was like, oh, what are you doing? And he'd be like, should probably drop the weight a bit on that and do a few more sets. And I'd be like, oh, right. He went, have you ever thought about Strongman? And I went, I've watched it. Is that the thing what Marius Pudzinovsky does? He went, that's the thing that Marius Pudzinovsky does, yeah. And I was like, and Viking Power. He went, Sven Carlson. I went, yeah, Viking Power. And he was like, well, you're a kid, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why don't you come to my shed? I would do some trading. Come to Catrick, which is about 15 minutes away from me. And I was fucking shitting myself. This big, massive gaffs asked me to go and train with him. Like, why does he want me to go and train with him? And he generally wanted to help. So, he taught me how to do stones, taught me how to do log, arm over arm, tire flip, all absolutely off his back because he cared about strongman. And then Donna turns up, and that's how me and Donna started training together on a Saturday and like getting to know each other. And we've been really good friends ever since we started this day. So all throughout my journey, I've been supported by my best friend Dan and Gary Gardner got me started in strongman. And then the minute I got invested in strongman, it was literally after one session that was me done. That was me hooked for life. Like yep. grabbed hold of it. Yeah. Nothing impressive, like a 120 Atlas stone, an 80 kilo log, like nothing to do with what I was actually doing. It was more to do with what I was doing. And I thought, wow, this is great. And then it just spiraled on from there. He goes, Why don't you enter some competitions? He goes, I mean, do you think I'm good enough? He goes, it's not about being good enough, it's about you. Focus on yourself. You know what I mean? So we led on from there. <laughs> And then we start, like, getting to know events better. 
So you start getting a yoke. So I bought a yoke. I bought a pair of farmers. I bought some sandbags. And then you eventually just have this load of shit kit. And you're like, wow, this is great. You know, it's not a barbell and a dumbbell. It's literally a 200 kilo piece of frame I have to go for a walk with. And the first time I tried a 200 kilo yoke, I must have dropped it about 20 times over 20 meters. It was awful. Fucking awful. But you get used to it, you know. It's great. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's... Uh... I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's it becomes so infectious. I don't know. I don't. I, I still to this day I can't put my finger on what it is that's it's that's so infectious about strongman. But just the different implements, the different styles, the different techniques, the different influences, the different ways you can train for things. It's it's I don't know. It's like it's not even three D chess. It's like four D chess with strength involved it's like you've always got a you're always thinking about different things like i, I mm. like the fact that it takes a lifetime to master strongman like competing in strongman knowing oh, about all the different diameters of every where a certain shape bell should sit differently on your shoulder for how it feels for you know loading your body in a slightly different angle so then you can produce more force yeah. through this or that or this throwing or whatever and it's like how to save how to save energy in events yes. to certain events which are better for you as well like, yes i'll give you an example if you've got a weaker event and you know the guy who's going to win this event or two of them are better than you as long as you can keep within a few places of those guys you know you're okay yes. but what a lot of people do wrong is they'll go absolutely balls out for two events and then three or four events later when it comes to it they're right down the bottom of the pack literally because they gas themselves out because you have to save energy for the right times so instead of for example if you've got a a max deadlift, I just, sorry, a deadlift for reps. I'll give you, I'll just give you a little brief example now. And you're last up, and the last person got 10, and you've all got to do is 11 to win. Some people will literally try and get 15 if they can, because that's their best event. But they've got York and Atlas Stones afterwards, and you're like, mate, you've literally just taxed yourself completely. That's where experienced coaches or a good support bubble around you makes a massive difference. So that's, you know, I don't think everyone needs a coach, but I do believe you need a good bubble around you to keep you right in competition days. Cause I've made some ridiculous mistakes before where it's daft little things. Like I've lost my, my, myself winning the Arnold's title over in Australia by not turning the Atlas stone mat over. Cause it was sticky on top. And, uh, 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 I made the event five times I would need to be because it was sticky on the floor. I was picking it up and I was pulling the mat up and it was taking me about an extra two seconds to get it off the mat. And I remember, because I was by myself, I had a message off Ben, but I had it on aeroplane mode saying, make sure you turn the mat over because it's sticky. And I come back to my phone afterwards like that and I said, I'd seen a message and I rang and went, mate, I'm so sorry, I didn't even fucking think. And he went, you're meant to be the coach. I said, how didn't you know? I went, mate, because I'm the one who's competing. I said, sometimes like, I make mistakes like that where if you were there with me going, oh, don't forget about the map because I'm busy about putting my tacky on, yeah. thinking about what reps I've got to do. You sometimes forget the little basics, you know what I mean? And like that, those little bits of help go a massive way when it comes to scoring points. Yeah. Huge, 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 huge. Yeah, like I think that's, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, man. Like just having that good support network and the fact like I love that you have spent the vast majority of your career or pretty much the entirety of your career 
not being coached by anyone, doing pretty much everything yourself yeah. and just having the influence of people around you to say, you know, why don't you try it this way? Why don't you have a look at that? Why don't you have a look at that? Yeah. And you bounce, bounce, bounce ideas off of each other. And that was, that was kind of like, obviously how I first came across you. I mean, I didn't know you from Adam. And I remember I put, I was, uh, I think I put a video up of some stones, me doing some stones and you, uh, you hopped into my DMs and you're like, Hey man, like, why don't you try doing it this way? Like, look at this, look at what, what I've done with this. Obviously I'm much smaller than you are. Check this out, do this, do that. And I was like, holy shit like who is this guy this is absolutely incredible and i looked through it and i was like oh my god yeah like that makes complete sense and then literally from yeah. that day i changed the way i lift stones like i throw around stones for a laugh now and it feels like 10 times easier and i'm like yeah this guy didn't need to do this like you've given me such I mean, a I do that with a lot of people and the thing is with me is wow. when i see people who care i will always i'm not the type of person to go up to someone and go yeah, that's really wrong, you shit. <laughs> if I see someone who generally knows that they can get a little bit of input and if they're willing to listen, not by being an arsehole, by literally just being, oh, look, mate, do you know if you just sort of try this? Yeah. Um, I've had people, I've had people, I've had, weirdly enough, I had a lad message me this morning saying, Dale, I've just done my first 300 kilo deadlift. Thanks for all the help you give me and the advice you give me on how to deadlift properly. Two months later, he's pulled his lifetime baby and he went, I can't thank you enough. I didn't want any money for that. He literally... I seen a video of him, and I just said, "Look, if you change your foot here, put your hands there." I said, "How are you? How are you? How are you building up to try and get this massive max that you are after?" And he went, "Oh, I'm doing this, this, this." I went, "It's too fucking heavy." I said, "Drop it down. Work from a block. Work from another block. Then go back to the floor and tell me how your floor speed feels." A few weeks later, mate, that feels amazing. My back doesn't hurt. Or anyone went, "Yeah, that's right." And I said, "Try this. Try that." Two months later, he's pulled his max. Not by me being that was shite. Do this. It was literally. Yeah. It's taken 10 minutes out of your life just to try and help someone in the sport who just wants to get better. And, like, what's wrong with someone wanting to get better? Like, yeah. how could you literally compete against people who you want to compete against, the best in the world or the, be the best who you can compete against and not want them to do well? Because all we ask is, if I compete against the best 10 guys in the world and I come fifth, I'll go, wow, them four of me must have been on form because I am strong as fuck. And that's not even a big ever cunt. I just literally go, well done, mate. That's a cracking job. That awesome. How did you do this? How did you do that? I can't wait to wallop you next time, though. You <laughs> we'll have a laugh about it. You know what I mean? I go, well done, mate. That was unbelievable. Really appreciate that. That's class. Because I've I've been in situations where like I've made mistakes, I've underperformed, but I'll always put it back on me. It doesn't go on anyone else because I'm experienced and I've done it long enough to know that you always can't be at your best. Yeah. But with age and experience, you you learn how to go into competitions better than last time because you rectify mistakes and you train weak areas. Something yes. where a lot of people are guilty of in strength sports and strongman alone is, they'll be absolutely amazing, for example, on a single arm dumbbell, so they'll bash it, but they can't clean an axle for shit. They can't clean a log for shit and it's crap. If they just spent more time working on a weak area for a couple of months and getting rid of the rust and the, oh, I can't be arsed, to actually go and, can't be asked, but I must get better. I must do this. I must do that. You'll be very surprised, and after 12 weeks, how much better you can be as an athlete just by sacrificing a little bit of time to add that 1%. It's unbelievable, you know? Mate, I, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head that people really do like to shy away from doing those things that they really, really don't enjoy doing. And I think that for most people 
that is where a coach comes in, isn't it? Because yeah, for, for it the vast is, majority of people, they're like, look, I'm not, I don't, I, if I have the choice, I'm not going to fucking go and do these farmers because I hate doing farmers. And then the coach comes it in. Hurts and they get, and they, yeah. yeah. And you're like, good. That's exactly how it's meant to feel. Like we're going to do God farmers this week. And you're like, yeah, shit. And it's like, no, yeah, because know, this a, could be the difference between the first kilos up and our hands. Yeah. Let's take 150 kilo up in our hands and go, oh my God, my skin's going to love this. <laughs> no, it isn't. Never, it's, no matter how, you could be Terry on 150 yeah. kilos afterwards, he still goes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They don't get who you are. It still fucking hurts. It's how you, it's how you change from going out to, right, how can I finish this faster? <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it hurts less. Yeah. It, it's really cool because you'll know it's like, I had this conversation with a couple of the girls yesterday. I went, do you ever remember the first time you ever done a barbell back squat? And they went, yeah. And I went, man, it really hurts your neck, doesn't it? And they were going, yeah, do you remember? I went, yeah. I said, I had a fucking mark on my back for about two weeks. It fucking really hurts. But and then after a while, your body adapts and gets used to these pressure points. So it's like bench pressing. You've got a line where you know you can hit. So some days you just can't find your line. And you're like, fuck's sake, where is it? But when it's there and you hit that sweet spot, you've got it. The same applies on strongman events. Your York, once you sort out your pickup, once you sort out your stride pattern, the farmers, once you know where to position your feet and learn to drag the floor, not stamp the floor, yeah. that's when you learn that's how speed comes. Because we call this a dead mill. So basically, the best way to talk to someone about a York or a farmers is this. You stay rigid up top. Your top doesn't move. It stays tight. But your feet need to be moving like the clappers. But where a lot of people are wrong is to go plonk, plonk. You can't generate any force, right? So what you do is you imagine you're on a treadmill. What would you have to do to get a treadmill going if you wanted to get it going and it's not on? You would have to pull your big toe into the rubber and pull and pull and pull. Once you can teach yourself to grip onto that floor and pull, and pull, and pull, and then you start picking up a bit of pace, you'd be very surprised how much faster you become on moving events. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, no, but it's a exactly. very basic principle. Yeah, it do. Again, uh, just another very, very simple thing that uh, it absolutely changed my moving events. Absolutely changed my moving events. But then you break it down, like, and this is this is kind of like the other thing that I love about Strongman, and I know you love it, love it too, is that you kind of, you can kind of geek out over like the biomechanics and, and looking at things and breaking it down. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm doing this, think about the cover time that it takes for my foot to leave the ground to transition to put down. Okay, well, look how far I'm coming off of the floor here. If I just do yeah. this, I'm like a third of the distance off the floor, which means it's a third of the time per stride, which means I can cover more yeah. distance in a shorter time. And if I save two, three seconds, well, at a major competition, that's the difference between coming in first place and coming seventh. So that's Easy. fucking huge. Easy. There was, I can't remember if it was at Worlds, uh, was it last year on like the York? And it was like, everyone was on like 41. Yeah. Yeah, there was like one and point. It was 41 point something, point something, yeah. point something. You're like, that's the difference. It sounds ridiculous. And, and that's why a lot of people said, why are you doing like shuttle runs and that? I said, because you've got to work this out. If they're doing a loading medley and I can get from the implement to the platform half a second faster on each one, that's two seconds I've knocked off a loading medley just by working once a week doing some shuttles, just by learning how to move faster. Yeah. 
being lighter on my feet, getting the stepladder out. And if that's going to save me two seconds at a big competition, I could win an event just by having 15 minutes of my life of the full week by doing that rather than sat on Instagram or eating a cake. Yeah. And I could do that afterwards. But you know how much better, <laughs> like, and it's this whole thing, I think, like, I think people like you, people like me, we have that certain mentality where we're like, we know that if we eat shit for those 15 minutes every single week and we resent every single fucking second of it. Ah, that we, hate doing shuttle runs of shit. Yeah, but then when you get breath. to the competition and you go, ah, oh, fuck ah, me, that's ah. like, that's a new PB. Or fuck me, I actually managed to score higher up on the table. Or actually, fuck me, I won that event. Well, actually, you forget about all those shitty 15 minutes because you feel yeah. fucking incredible. You feel yeah. so good that it's like, okay, well, that, I'm like not going to think about something. it. Yes. What I've done was, I like, I'm one of these coaches who I like to learn off other people as well. So I I think a lot of people are really scared to open their minds as a coach and go and ask someone else for help. So, for example, when I wanted to get better at York, I needed someone to boss me about a little bit instead of me just doing it myself. So I went to go and see um, Jenny Todd. Jenny is an absolute asshole. She's yeah. an asshole. Yeah. She's horrible to me. She picks on me all the time. The other day, she left a 120 sandbag outside and went, I'm off deal. You can put that back in. I was like, come on, Jim, Jenny. She was like, don't care. See you later. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking great. Looks like I'm taking oh, it back in. Oh, we love her. Uh, we love she's, her. She's, she's, oh, she's fucking off it, isn't she? Yeah. And then, so, we, we've got we've got, we've got a rule. There's a rule in Strongman. Well, I, I think there's a rule in Strongman. Covering 20 to 25 metres with a decent weight, you need to be getting nine seconds-ish. So, 10 seconds is slow. Anything below that is going to get you some points. Anything over 10 seconds is too slow. And it's not been nasty. It's literally been... It's facts. When you start competing at international levels and that, you need to be hitting nine point something or below. And that is a genuine fact to be be high up. So, when I do programmes and stuff, it's always... Right, accountability day. York and Farmers... Work up to what you can, but if it says 10 on it, that's you done. It has to be nine point something or below, and I'm happy. Jenny was the one who got me in this sort of momentum where you break down farmers and York. So I never even thought about it like this. I'm really slow in the first two or three meters. So we do 20 sets of five meter runs before it even started. That was my fucking warm up. And then over the space of weeks, over the space of weeks, we got like an 800 pound yoke up to like nine seconds. And the first time I'd done it in nine seconds, over 20 meters, I dropped it. I went, yes. And she went, shit, you could have went faster there. And I went, all right, then. All right, then. Next set, I fucking beat it. Then for Jenny to do this, I was like, that. I'm really happy that you've done that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, me, from me learning from other coaches like Jenny, who I respect, I take that on myself and give to other clients. I'm not copying. I'm learning on the job. What is wrong with learning off other coaches? It's like, if I've got a problem, I can easily message this big Loz or something and say, Loz, what do you think about this? Loz does it to me where I've shared phone calls and asked opinions with Hixie, the same thing, where you like, what do you do for this? Oh, well, I, I think you should do this. All right, I'll give it a go then. I'm a bothered. That didn't work, but I, I like that what you sent me. We all like a lot of us actually relate and actually have chat with each other. A lot of the top coaches in the UK, we actually all talk to each other and we have good chats because the quality of athletes in the UK, men and women, is only going to get better by the coaches speaking to each other by implementing that into their training. Oh, so, yeah. this is where the community of it all comes in. It's not 
lost coaches such and such, so he's going against Dale. Dale's not going against Dan. Dan's yeah. not going against Shane on this. And all that sort of thing. It literally is. We all fucking speak to each other and we're all like trying to click brownie points. Like, ah, my lad beat yours. My girl beat yours. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good. And, and that's what's happened to me. I got a message just after Christmas and it, it's been very well known that I was chasing a 400 kilo deadlift. Uh, Danny Chris messaged me and went, Do you, have you done all your training? Like you've set those world records all by yourself. And I went, yeah. He went, wow, fair one. He went, how about someone else takes responsibility? And I went, what do you mean? He went, Give me 12 weeks and you have a 400 kilo deadlift by watching you. And I went, okay then, fuck it. Well, I got to lose like that. 10 weeks later, 400 kilos done. Just by me as a coach, actually taking all the stress off myself, giving my clients more and by someone taking responsibility for me and going, Dale, there you go. And that difference to me has made a massive difference because I've got less pressure on myself because literally I've got this spreadsheet and I go fuck me I've got to do that today I remember when the first time it was there uh, was it 382 for a double fuck me I wasn't ready for that when I seen that message in the morning uh, Monday is always a shit day for me not for any reason I'm just always tired because I've been laid on the couch for two days and it said 382 for two and I went oh god I better switch on here fuck me what the fuck's going on and I absolutely blasted out the water and then you start believing in yourself and when you've got a coach behind you who you believe in so no matter what he says, I'll listen, I don't care. I'm a bother, I'll go, right, it's for a reason. And someone who believes in your abilities and sets your yeah. targets, you don't want to let them down. It's, sort of not, not, it's yeah. the comparing side of me. I'm like, he's put this on a piece of paper to test me and I'm going to prove him fucking right that I can do it. And when I pulled it, it was like, what the fuck just happened? I've done it. It's amazing that people are like, oh, you could have done more. Like, My fucking hamstrings couldn't have done more. I promise you, they just snapped off. But I was buzzing. So this is what I mean. Coaching is a skill, it's an art, but it's also, oh, yeah. if you get involved with the right people, like we talked about in the right community, you can become a better coach by networking with other coaches and ideas. And like, I've got so much respect for a lot of coaches in the UK, like Jenny, Dan, Big Laws, Lee Forbester, um, Delroy McQueen, people like that who, who I speak to quite often. That's why I like I say them sort of names. I speak to them a lot. So sharing ideas, I'll give you an example. I... I took on a powerlifter for the first time a few months ago called Alex. I've known Alex for years and he's, he's always mentioned it. And I went, Alex, I'm not a powerlifter. I'd rather say this to you. And one day he said, Dale, I know you're not a powerlifting coach, but can you get me ready for me? I don't care if you're not a powerlifting coach because I trust you. And he goes, and it's three PBs and peaks perfectly. And for me, I, I've always said it and I've said, Thank you, because you've opened up a different avenue for me where I'm confident in training powerlifters, because you've let me make this little blueprint to try on you, see if it works, and it fucking worked. But we've also got to remember every athlete's different, so the blueprint's different for every single one, but the goal's always the same, to make them better. 3D strength is always and has been three-dimensional athlete. I want everyone to be good at everything. Oh, Sorry, mate. Um, I want everyone to be good at everything. So I want everyone to be fit. I want everyone to be strong. I want everyone to do the bodybuilding training. I want everyone to do the power building training. I want them to be jumping. I want them to be doing some shuttle running. I want them to do everything. I want them to be good at events. So even if someone's a powerlifter in the off-season, they get yokes. They get farmers. Because it's functional. And if you're a more functional athlete, you'll be better all round, hands down. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely, completely, completely agree. It's it's the whole concept of 
you can't just be strong, like especially as a powerlifter, you can't just be strong in your squat, bench, and deadlift patterns. You have to be strong outside of those movement patterns because then when you come back to those patterns, holy shit, are you about to see something absolutely phenomenal happen? Because your, bo- your body doesn't work just in one linear pattern. It works in so many different patterns. It works in so many different directions. You've got so many different stabilizers that need to be worked in order to get the full benefit. And then again, like you say, you you run some absolutely disgustingly heavy yokes and then you come back to your deadlift and you're like, that doesn't feel too heavy. I know what fucking heavy feels like. I thought my spine was about <laughs> to get, get smashed yeah. into the floor. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if, if, if no one's ever got under a heavy yoke before and then you get underneath some big, big numbers, you're like, I'm not even sure the human spine's meant to have this much weight on top of well, it. And that's then you why I'm five like, foot six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm so short because of yokes. I'm blaming yokes. Simple as that. You're over six foot. I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just love yoke. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking, it's a ball. Like, it's made me a permanent dwarf, but that's about it. <laughs> so, 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 let's talk about kind of getting involved with Dan because I think I think that's really incredible. Um, when I when I first found out about that, I've got to say I was incredibly excited. Not to mention just just. The track record that Dan has alone with athletes is absolutely phenomenal. But like you kind of mentioned there, when you get two phenomenal coaches in the form of obviously yourself and Dan together, I think that's when phenomenal things can happen because you, it's it's just fine tuning, it's just fine tweaking, it's oh, just man, changing bits and pieces. I, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of those. So kind of talk us through it. Has there, has there been any big changes? Is there anything that you've kind of really drawn away just from the get-go? Yeah. Like, so, so what's that? I train like? lighter. I do a lot of things a lot lighter than what I used to. I train less heavy. I train less often. So I used to always train six days a week. Um, I'd always have like an events day. I'd always press heavy on shoulders and chest all the time, things like that. Um, and then I'll find after a while, every few months, I'd hit this big, massive block where I'd just go, bang, I'm fucking knackered. And being under Dan, the amount of less fatigue I've got is absolutely mental. I've, I, do you know what it is? I'd have always hit the numbers, but probably I've probably hit them two years earlier because my recovery is better, my conditioning is better. And do you know what that boils down to? It boils down to you doing this. I think I can pull something heavy today. So do you know what? I'm just going to go and do it. But when you've got someone tapping you on the shoulder going, you're going to do that in three weeks' time. Stop it. Stop being naughty. And then you go, sorry, boss. I understand because if someone, one of my lads or girls said that in front of me, I'd go, I've fucking done this. Set this plan out for this long for you to go and fuck up today. I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I like. I've, I've got a boss. I've got a boss. So like, it's fine. I'll take it on the chin. If he sits around and goes, Dale, that was absolutely shit, I will go, thank you very much. I appreciate the, the feedback. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Well, where's the fuck? I didn't have that. So I was being a bit of a wanker or I was just getting it carried away on myself. It's great, you know. And But what's also good is daft little things where I'll go, um, I'll ring him and I'll go, look, this feels shit today. Can I swap some over? Because it doesn't work right for me. I'll go, you know your body better than me. What what do you think will work better? And we'll have a conversation. Go, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So I'll give you an example. Um, all the jumps and that. I can't generally broad jump because I have a really sore knees. So if I jump onto a box and do a like a jump 
squat into a broad jump, I get no pain at all. Daft little tweaks like that. Also, for me, massive sets don't work for me. So me doing five sets doesn't work for my body. I don't recover properly. But if I do two really dirty heavy working sets, that's me perfect. Where my body can fire great. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it works so much better for me. So a lot of it needs to be more intense, less volume. So I can do a lot of work in one session rather than being staggered out over five or six days. I'd rather do one big horrible day. So like a Friday for me is always four or five events where it's like mimic to competition. And by four o'clock, I don't want to speak to no one because I'm like that. But because I've got my two days rest afterwards, come Monday, I'm like, oh, fuck, let's go again. I'm all right. I'm all right. I love it. But he's a very, very, very easy man to work with. But I've also learned a lot from him as much as he's learning from me. Because Dan's always said in the past, if, if he ever was to want to be a strong man, I'd be his coach because he knows I'd batter him. But I've got this unique thing where I do not batter people into the ground what I do is I break them down to build them back up. I think there's a massive difference. Me or you can write down a session for someone and absolutely beast them and pad them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not hard. Anyone it's not can hard do that. No, that is not difficult to do. But there's a, there's, a, there's a method around it where you do just enough to break them down to the point where they're not fucked, where it's not going to affect them in three or four days. You've got to see like a lineal progression of athletes. And it takes a while and good experience to know what works for a certain person. That's why having a close relationship and an honest relationship with an athlete is very important. For example, I know if someone hasn't done their assistance work after about four or five weeks or certain things aren't going right. I know if someone's been going a little bit too heavier than what they should have been. And you can tell by the way the lifts are going or when they don't send you videos for two weeks and you go, where have you been like? And they'll go, uh, and they'll go, you're lying to me, aren't you? And they'll go, yeah, no good, no good. I've got like a three strike rule with me sometimes. So like, because my online stuff is secondary to my main job as owning the gym and training the guys and the gym and the girls, I always say this to people when I first train them, I go, you do as you're told. If you've got any questions or you've got any problems, please just ask me. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like an asshole. But yeah. if you're actually not doing as what I've told you, why, why be on my squad and pay me? Because I don't see the point in it, mate. You know what I mean? And I've got rid of two or three people because of that, where I go, you're not doing as you're told. And I said, well, go to someone else and do that because I'm not about that because it's not about my reputation as a coach. It's about you as an athlete making progress. And if you're slowing down your progress, my training doesn't work for you because I actually want you to get better. Yeah. But I take I take things a bit personally because I really want to be friendly with people who are coach. I want them to be able to trust me. I want to know about them. I don't just want to fucking see the lifts. I want to, I want to get to know them as a person. Like, for example... Um, once a week, um, I generally speak to one of my pals, Sean, who I've trained for a while. I'm on his way to work. He'll give us a ring. How's life, mate? All right. Oh, it's a bit shit this week. Well, I'll go, right. Well, see those days. We've got six week, a six-day block here. Why don't you put day three and two this week and then rest the rest? He goes, are you sure? And I go, yeah, because if you're fucked from work, I'd rather you get those two solid sessions and then get those other four done next week. Oh, boss, I really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Because it's, that's going to work better for me. I go, well, that's what we do. We talk. We work around yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's I'm not a fucking dictator, you know what I mean? Everyone's got a life, everyone's got to work, everyone's got kids. Everyone goes out. Some people go out and have a mad weekend. If they tell me they're having a mad weekend this week, and they'll go, right, well, next week, we'll taper back until about Thursday or Friday. Yes, please, because I'll be off for two days. You know what I mean? We're normal people. You know what I mean? We're normal people. You don't understand that people go out and have a few drinks. So what? Fucking enjoy yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I like. But if someone's six weeks out for a competition and they start being a knobhead, I'll be like, right, come on, man, I wear. You know, 
switch on. Yeah, yeah. Live uh, a normal yeah. life, but also know when to switch on. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's that's it's a real fine balancing act as a coach. And I think that is one of the signs of a, a very successful coach and a coach that's going to have longevity with their clients or in in the sport or whatever field they choose to be in is that you you tread the line of like you learn the client you communicate well with them but then when you need to you give them the fucking slap on the wrists you keep them you keep you keep them in line you let them know what the fucking deal is and then if they choose to go along with it, fantastic. And if they don't, you have to understand as a coach, there's absolutely fuck all you can do about that. And if 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 totally if, if they don't want it bad enough, you can't want it for them. You can't force them yep. to, to do it. You just have to set out. And that I think that's probably one of the more nerve-wracking things as a coach is it's like, right, I can't do this for you because if I could do it for you, I know I'd fucking do it because that's just how yep. I'm built. But I now yeah. need you to step into this role and actually, you know, perform. And it's like, well, I, I have no influence when, from what I put down on that fucking bit of paper. And yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like the rest is up to you now, brother. Some people, some people, I do this thing where we first start training and I, I give them shit for the first four weeks to see if they can really handle some <laughs> training. And when they get past that sort of little stage, I go, you're all right. You can handle a little bit of graft. I like that. Do you like Enoms, AMRAPs, and things yes. like that. Me, that was solid, but I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? But when you, you get some people who are just like scared of a bit of hard work, and you're like, right, you're going to have to understand that some of this is going to get quite hard if you're, if you're training to compete. Some of it's quite hard. So, like, you've got to be willing to try and get that last rep out when, when it needs to. Like, there's no embarrassment with people failing something. It's when they haven't done the plan enough to get to the failure point. It's when they're kind of, they've already felt thought of starting some people. So like sometimes some people just are like that, but at the same time, if you know someone struggles a bit mentally or they quite find it quite hard to push themselves, then you know when to sort of back off at the same time as well, understanding. All I ask for people is effort. So like, I'm not going to try and ask you to do something you physically capable you can't do, you know what I mean? As long as you're trying, I don't care if you've got a max log of 40 kilo or 180 kilo, you're the same to me, always. It's not just about being an elite level athlete. It's not just about being an amazing athlete or being a champion. It's about being a champion yourself and trying your hardest. That's all I ask people. Yeah, and I I think that really comes across with what you put out, which I think is probably another reason you're so infectious. Do you know what I mean? I think it's the reason why so many people fucking like you in this industry is because you 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 have that where it's no one's excluded. If you're here to put in hard graft and you're here to show up and you're here to work, jump in with me. Let's go. It doesn't matter if there's if there's a huge discrepancy if you're doing guaranteed. What I'm doing. Guaranteed. Like, and I think that that just not only it's does happening. it bring up your training, it brings up their training, but it brings up the community as well. It breaks down those barriers where people are like, oh, there's no point in me training with that person. There's no person. It's like it just keeps building and feeding the, the, the community. And if any of you guys that are listening or girls are in Strongman and you're in Strongman gyms, then you'll know exactly what it's like. You've got like five, six people yeah. huddled in a corner around a bunch of Atlas Stones, having a good giggle, lifting things up, having a, having some shit talk, you know, and they're just like by themselves enjoying it and, and talking to each other and having a great time. And I, I think... That's the thing that I fucking love about Strongman is that everyone's there to work first and foremost, but they want to enjoy what they're doing. And we're in a sport where I do think you can do that as much as things really do fucking hurt and they are uncomfortable 
And you, do you know what I mean? And you really have to push yourself sometimes when you put it down and everyone's going, fucking well done, mate. That was good. You're Great like, job. Yeah. You know what? That was worth it. That was worth it. There's nothing better than when your pals are behind you and you do something and then you turn around the go, God, sad, well done. Girl. You're like, oh, fucking hell, that's great. That Even in the gym, you know what I mean? It's it. When you're all like, we do it on Christmas, we all put Christmas hats on and we have like a fucking max day or we do something, we have a mess about. So we do like two-man deadlifts and two-man logs and stuff. Yeah. Just a general bit of crack. It's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did it a few Christmas ago where I was trained all day in a borrowed suit. Just have a bit of laugh, <laughs> you know? A bit of banter. Love it. Absolutely love it. I always love it. What was it? You were doing were having shoe outs in the gym and that just for a bit of crack. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Didn't come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheating football. Do, do, you, uh, do you find that, like, you just work better in that light environment? Do you ever have times where you're like, right, need to fucking switch on now. Like, I can't be dicking about. Like, I know that there are people that are like, they can't ever get into that dicking about zone. There are people that literally, from the moment they step forward into the gym to the moment they're leaving, they're having a fucking crack between every set. And then there are some people that kind of hover in between. Like, I can have a good chat, but it's like, if I know that I've got something heavy that I've got to go and do or I've really got to focus. We all know, we all know, especially me in my place when I need to switch on because I go a little bit quiet, tunes will get turned up, and I'll just start sweating a little bit and I'll just go like that. And then, because a lot of the people have been around for so long and the same goes for them and you know what makes each other tick. So, for example, I know when I've got certain people around me when I'm training heavy, they know to leave me alone or they know when to say, oh, are you all right, pal? And you're like, yeah, 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 spot on. But they know, they know the crack. That's the thing with the community. Everyone knows when it's time to switch on. Of course there's a time to switch on. The same with competition. I'll be the one person who'll come over and speak to you. How are you doing, pal? Are you all right? And then two minutes before I'm four, I'm going, I'll go up. I'll switch on, start screaming a little bit. Um, there's a guy in Australia who's, who messaged me a while ago and he said, fucking hell, I remember the first time I met you. I didn't know what I think of you. I went, why? I went, well, I walked over and you were biting the squat bar. And I went, ah, you know, that's just me competing that again, ready, you know, it's just fucking one of them things. And it's really nice, really. And he was like, I didn't really want to speak to you. And I was like, all right, I don't know that. It's just one of them things, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's got a tick. Yeah, everyone's got a tick, you know. So yeah, you, you, I, same thing, Robbie. You know when you've got to switch on. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I perform better when I'm in a really switched on happy mood. Like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like being around people who are a bit fun spongy and a bit of an oh, atmosphere. No. Like, oh, what a fucking shit day today! I'm like, shut yeah. up. Get out. Leave it outside. Get out. Leave it outside. Yeah. 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 And like, I'll call someone out on it straight away. If I know I'm in a bad mood, I'll go right here. Sort your face out. I can't be asked you. And they'll go, oh, I've got a face. And I go, yeah. And they go, sorry, mate. He's like, it's all right, don't worry about it. But like, with me, it's like, I'll just call it straight away down the middle. Are you all right? Need a bit of crack? Do you need to talk? Oh, yeah, if you want. All right, we'll have a chat then. Are you all right yeah. now? Yeah, no problem. Right, I'll have sort your face out. Six looking at you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's go. So yeah, it's always good. But yeah, you've you got to know when to switch on. But at the same time, I'm quite a free spirit. So if someone's at a fucking competition or whatever, and they want to have a bit of crack or they want to ask any questions, yeah. sound. You know what I mean? If Need some tacky, whatever. I'll be the first one there going, here you go, pal. I'll be selling my bothers. Just help yourself. It's fine. So, because I, I, I want people I want people to get on. So, like, I don't want to think you've got to turn up to competitions. Of course, you want to win. But, like, at the same time, I want to win knowing that everyone's had the same advantage as me. You know what I mean? I couldn't forgive myself if the guy I was going against didn't have any tacky and no one to give him out. And I'd be, yeah, I'd be yeah, so oh, yeah, no, help yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. You and me, we perform at our best together, you know what I mean? Are you fucking well, it, uh, a few times where like I've beat a few people and the event will go over. Go, you bastard, that was good that fun. And then as soon as they win, I remember um uh in um 
that Sam was in America, but Quebec State or far from New York. And me and the guy next to each other were literally like that. And I, I heard his clank. He went, clank, clank. And I went over and I went, you beat me there, didn't you? And at the end, he went, I think so. I went, you bastard. So I started to try to strangle him, like, having a laugh. And everyone was like laughing about it and that. And it was just funny, you know? Put my arm around and go, well, son, good job, you know? So they very much what I'm like that. Yeah, no, I have I've probably oh, had the exact same thing. I think it was like my second second competition in my second year at the Inters. And I've got a video on my Instagram with just me and this guy that was neck and neck. And you see us do it. It was a duck walk into a farmer's and we're neck and neck the entire time. And we come back coming towards the camera. And literally, yeah, I put it down like a second before him. And you just hear it and you just hear, bastard. And then we just like <laughs> give each other a big hug and a high five or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's, yeah. all, it's all love at the end of the day. Like, that's what I like. And I think... I think that's probably what I enjoyed so much coming over from like the rugby side of things is it's like you beat the crap out of each other for 80 minutes straight. You want to kill each other and then the whistle blows and then it's all hugs and handshakes and high fives and well done, mate. And like, fantastic. Yeah, I love that play over there or whatever. And then you go and have a meal afterwards and you have a booze up and you, and you get to know the person that you've just been kicking the crap out of for 80 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And strong yeah, man, it's like, it's, it, it's like that, but you've got like a whole day's worth of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like four or yeah. five hours. Dicking about in the sun, doing this, doing it's that. It's good. I like it a lot about it. The more, the more years I've done it, so whenever I go abroad and stuff like that, there's certain people who I can message and we'll go meet up and have some food or I can introduce some of my friends who I've took with me or they're competing to go meet other people. You know, like communicating with people. So like, even like America last time, met with a few like Ukrainian friends and like you just go for dinner with them and go for a walk about and you're like, oh, this is Ben, this is Steve, this is Scott. Like, his nickname is Baldy and like, Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just have a little bit of a laugh, walk about. So, like, a bit, it just, there's no, like, animosity anywhere, you know? you like, I want to feel welcome. I remember when I was at Arnold's Europe and um, there was this scary Russian guy there with a gold tooth and he was staring at me all day and I thought, oh, fucking hell, can't be asked of him. Fuck what I'm going to do, staring. I was thinking, I am not staring back at him at all. And then I found out a few bits about him as a strong man and he's like a coach and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, right, do you know what I'll do? I'll, um, I'll, go, I'll go and get a coffee and I'll fucking see if he wants one. And I went, do you know coffee? And he went, coffee? And I went, yeah. I said, would you like one? He went, oh, okay. Yeah. So I come back with coffee and he went, to his mate, he went, he thinks you're a really great athlete and great guy. And I was like, ah, fucking hell. Oh, that's why he's staring at me. Brilliant. I was shitting myself. Like, no, fucking hell. Thank God he doesn't want to punch me in. Great. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, I think it's just the way to look at you like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, not, I'm not looking at, I'm not looking back at you. <laughs> sorry, whatever I did, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, sick of it. He turned around and went, "I wanted black." Oh, yeah, I, you have mine. I love the white one. I'll, I'll just, I'll go and get another one. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll get three. <laughs> yeah, oh, any, any of the Eastern Europeans, mate, they're fucking hilarious. There's a good one. It was. Um, we're getting ready for a York again. And they, what I do is when you get ready for a York, another little tick, tick, tick trip for you, apart from you because you're six foot eight. But on <laughs> your mat height, you always look at the people who are warming up who are around the same height as you and you just follow them around. So you follow people around because you go, right, if we get five of us together, we can all stay on the same height to warm up. And it was me and these three Polish guys and we're all about the same height and this big American dude come over and he tried to change the fucking York and this Polish guy just went, No! No, you fucking leave it alone now. You fucking leave it alone. We here first. Fuck off. And I looked at the American guy and he went, wow. And just walked off and I was like, and I was thinking, I patted him on the shoulder and went, cheers, mate. I said, that's why I was studying with you. And he just stared at me and I went, oh, shut up again. <laughs> Get in the back of the queue. And I was like, that'll do. That'll do. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> Believe there me. is strength in numbers. That's... There is strength in numbers. <laughs> Midget rule. That is absolutely. That's what it is. Oh man, phenomenal, Del. It's, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Now I love to end the podcast in the same way with absolutely everyone, and I uh, I've, I'm, I'm I'm very interested to see what you're going to say here. So I want for a second for you to imagine that you're stepping into a time machine. Okay, when you step into the okay. time machine, you go back and you get to visit your your younger self, 10, 11, 12 years of age, very, very formative years of your life. You've got all of the knowledge that you've obviously gathered over these years of being an incredible strength athlete, an athlete and just a role model for the sport in general. And you get to spend a few minutes with your former self. You get to impart some knowledge, some wisdom, a mantra, a way to live their life, something that's going to help your younger self get through all of the extensive trials and tribulations that you know that they're going to have to go through in those last few moments with them what do you say don't skip accessories work your weak points and don't drink too much vodka when you're 16 you know what I think that is, <laughs> that is the perfect way to wrap it up, man. You have hit the nail on the head there. Nail on the head. Brother, thank you so much for, for, for coming on board today. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Your Instagram is absolutely fantastic. You give away so much decent free content on there. Please keep on doing what you're doing. You're changing the industry, whether you think about it or not, man. You are absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so, so, so fucking thankful that we have you here in the UK. So thank you for coming on board, man. And uh, hopefully we'll get to speak to you again soon. My pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Yes.